Welcome to the Couch Olympians podcast. I'm your host Harry and I'll be joined by my co-host Sean as we take you back in time to the Olympic memories you remember and the stories that kind of got lost in the shuffle. This is Couch Olympians. And welcome to the Couch Olympians podcast. Hello, Sean. Hello, Harry. How are you today? Not too bad, not too bad. We couldn't afford Chariots of Fire because uh, the Olympics love their sponsors. <laughs> so that was our make-do Chariots of Fire. And it's not too bad, was it? No, no. I think people will like it. Uh, anyway, hope, hope. <laughs> let's jump in and talk about the podcast. So what we're going to do is a little different. So we're going to go back in history, look at the Olympic Games. So firstly, we're going to start with London 2012, because I feel like our Irish demographic people will kind of relate to it the most. And what we did was we picked out our top five stories, uh, and then we're just going to talk about them, uh, maybe have some debate, and yeah, hopefully you enjoy it. So Sean, do you want to kick us off with your first story? I would indeed. I'm going to give a shout out to the main man, Usain Bolt, first up, because I think the Olympics, sometimes it can be a little bit, not boring or kind of conservative, but it can be very straight-laced. And I felt Usain Bolt, he's a bit of charisma about him. He's a little bit of a rock star amongst some boring, boring athletes out there. I had a look for the first time, probably since seeing the race live. I took 10 seconds out of my day and I actually watched the race again, his final in the 100 meter sprints. And it was incredible. Like the man, he ran it in, what was it? 9.63 seconds. Like... And here's a quiz question for you now, right? How many strides do you think it took him to run the 400 meters? He's a six foot five now. Yeah, 100 meters. I'm going to guess the step is like, I think he can step, what, like two meters? Maybe so, a little less. I'm going to guess like 60, 62. Oh, no, 41, man. Outrage. Now, there's a, an unbelievably useless fact yeah. for people to hold on to because... 41. Like, I mean, you're a tall man. How tall are you? Yeah, I'm like 6'10. 6'10, Harry. So he did it in 9.6. What do you think you could do with him <laughs> if it came um, down to it? Would you be sub 20? <laughs> um, I can do a 40 yard dash in like 5.8 is my best time. So that's 40 yards. Okay. So I think I could maybe go sub 20, but barely. Like, I'm not, I'm not quick. Uh, you, you can build up to it. Yeah. That could be so a spring COVID challenge for yourself now. Yeah, exactly. I, I could just take whatever Usain Bolt's clearly taken and then just become really fast. Yeah, that's that's another argument though, isn't it? Like, is he just... I, I don't know. I don't know. Here, I have one for you. Who's the Go better Olympian, Bolt or Phelps? Oh, shit. Um, who's the better Olympian? I think Phelps. No, I disagree. I think it's Bolt. Why? Because Bolt never Why? lost. Okay. The only Bolt should have nine gold medals. The only reason he doesn't have nine because in 2008, uh, one of his relay lads got caught over, so he should have nine. They won right. that race by like 20 yeah. seconds. Mm. So yeah. it's the same with the Jordan LeBron debate. You know, Jordan okay. never lost, so therefore he's the greatest, in my opinion. So it's the same thing for Phelps versus Bolt. Bolt never lost, but at the highest level, is it the argument he never lost? Phelps had way lost. more different, way more different disciplines that he had to master. Bolt, Bolt had, what, three distances? 100, 200 metres in the relay. Phelps had a lot more kind of different avenues to kind of master and a lot more competitors to deal with. 
I think. Yeah, but and the longevity of it. I mean, like Phelps was swimming since Phelps qualified for the Olympics at fifteen. Mm. Like we were, I was still trying to get into Wales at fifteen. That <laughs> fella's like, like he qualified for an Olympic final at fifteen. I still think it's Bolt. That's I think it's Bolt never lost. I think Bolt is up there with Jordan, which is a really good point. I do agree with that. That is like, that's the, the fact that yeah. people stared him in the face and couldn't beat him. Uh, if you look back, there was always so many doubts. Like in 2012, they had dead bit of fitness and he was like bragging about eating McDonald's and stuff. In 2016, yeah. they said he was too old and that like the, the new guys were going to come in and like wash him and he still mm. beat them. So I think that debate is that like, you, if you couldn't beat him, he's the best ever. Well, Phelps, yeah. It is, but with, with Phelps as well, he did come back. He retired after the 2012 games, right? And then he came back. As an outfit, like, I mean, swimmers in their peaks are deemed in their early 20s to mid-20s. I mean, he came back in Rio and won another six or seven medals at the age of 31. So his longevity was incredible. Yeah. Um, again, though, you do always have this kind of overhang over everyone, whether it's Bolt or Phelps. Was there something else involved? Were there drugs involved? But, like, uh, you no, hope there wasn't. that's proven, you can't say anything. Um, exactly. No, you can't. And you hope there isn't. You have to hope for a little bit of something genuine yeah, in the world. But the thing about Bolt is, and Phelps especially, like even in 2012, like Phelps lost to Lacroix, and like yeah, which was a massive shock. Yeah, Phelps you know, hadn't lost in ten years in the Bolt didn't lose. Yeah. So I feel oh, no, like I, I, that they are both incredible. Yeah, um, they're both one two. They're one two. But yeah. it's, it's a matter of that. Yeah. I, I go with Bolt over that. And you'd know, it's 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 such a fine line between the two. Do you know what? Actually, when we when we talk about the hundred meter final. I want to just give a big shout out to Jamaica in general. If we're talking about undefeated, Jamaica as a nation, just I know we're drifting away slightly from 2012, but Jamaica as a nation just dominate that race. I mean, obviously the last three were won by Usain Bolt for Jamaica. Then you had two Americans in there. But then after that, you've got to go all the way back to 1980 before you get a non-Jamaican winning the race. There was a couple of uh, British people and... Canadians, but they're both Jamaican born and then they ran for the other nations. So all the way back to 1980, if you're not Jamaican, you're not winning the 100 meter race. Okay. Like it's just incredible. Here's another bit of trivia coming back to London 2012. Yeah. There was two podium sweeps where every single person on the podium was from the same country. What were those two events? And what were the countries? Okay. So two events where they were first, second, third. Yeah. Um, I'd say it has to be a long distance running event. With Ethiopians? No? Okay. And then we're going to have Chinese in gymnastics. No. no. It was the Jamaican in the 200 meters. Bolt, oh, okay. Weir. And then okay. the lads. Italian fencers, the women's fencers, what? took uh, gold, silver, bronze. So that that's a good segue. Weird fake sports. Yeah. That's, this, a, that's a great... This is a, this is a good segue. So I want to talk about the badminton. Um, so the oh, China okay. versus the okay. South Koreans, there mm-hmm. was eight players disqualified for purposely tanking or eight. Yeah. So there was a South Korean team, two Chinese teams and an Indonesian team. So the mm-hmm. way the tournament was structured, they had like a seeding round to determine the knockout structure. And one of the yeah. Chinese teams lost in a shock defeat. Um, okay. So the other Chinese team tried to lose on purpose to the Indonesians because they didn't want to play each other because the Chinese wanted the gold and silver and the Indonesians oh. didn't want to play the Chinese team. So they were like, we yeah. should lose. So both these teams were like smacking the shuttlecock into the floor 
Like it was wild. Like, it was blatantly, they didn't blatantly, even try to hide it. Like there was no, there was no attempt. They were just smacking it on the floor, like into the net. Um, <laughs> and the IOC took them away. And it's all because of Denmark. Yeah. Because Denmark was the team that beat the Chinese. So, yeah. and then the South Koreans got involved as well because of the seeding rules. But uh, there was a big controversy with the IOC, so they just disqualified all the teams. Um, then who got so who got the medals or did it like um, I think there was a third Chinese team that got the medal I actually oh my god don't know um, that's some proper Jose like Mourinho stuff right there yeah yeah it was, it was crazy thrown again yeah it was, a, it was another and Chinese team um, that got the got the it's one of those sports medals. that the Chinese just dominate isn't it that's crazy yeah. I think and, that, what, uh, and is there a history of that in Badminton. Yeah, like, does that seem to happen? Yeah, that that, that was the, they, the head of the badminton, the the federation warned the Olympics, being like, "This has happened. Like the their seating round doesn't really work. Yeah, um, the round robin structure fails." So they actually had a warning, and they still went ahead with it. That that's they they they're brazen enough to even try it. So like, you've got to give them something for that. But um. And oh, they were playing. They were not not using the, the IOC said that they were not using one's best efforts to win the match and conducting oneself in a manner that is clearly abusive or detrimental to the sport. Is the quote from the IOC? <laughs> Fair play to them for trying. Yeah. No, so it's just <laughs> like, interesting. But those sort of things in the Olympics, like, are you? Do you I don't know if I disagree with it or agree with it because you know you want to put yourself in the best position to get a medal, and if the structure is that way. Yeah, you know, are you using your best forces in a medal? You are by losing, you know, because that Chinese team, losing, got, yeah, they just got beaten by the Danes, and like that was a shock defeat, think, you know. I think that's kind of just the unwritten rule of the Olympics, as well, though, in the sense that there's meant to be sportsmanship per se, and kind of just because it's not in the rule book means you shouldn't, doesn't mean you can do it, kind of thing. But no, I get you, like, I mean, do anything to win, especially these days, like, teams and nations really do. That's crazy. Um, All right. Can I bring our attention back to Ireland for a minute? Of course. Okay. And I can't, we can't talk about 2012, I feel, without kind of bringing up Katie Taylor and what she did for Irish sport and women's sport in particular mm. when she won gold in London. Um, again, much like the Bolt race, I rewatched the Katie final um, for the first time, probably since seeing it live. I anyway, mean, you've seen clips over the years. Um, but like, it was just incredible. She fought a Russian girl. Mm. Sophia uh, I think probably didn't do her name just there but that's who she fought and they had a great rivalry which is good um, Sophia was one of the only people in the world who was beaten Casey Sophia was a double champion uh, world champion at 52 and 57 kilos and then she was fighting Casey at 60 kilo but um, it was a tight fight the place was I don't know if you've rewatched yeah, it yeah I, 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 I actually saw a clip on Twitter the other day Um yeah. Because I looked at it and like it's just like it was a proper Irish gathering. Oh, it was an Irish party. Like it was just yeah. absolutely hopping. Darrow Brin, the comedian, who was actually a Bray man and Katie's a Bray native herself. But he put up, he was at the fight and he put up a good tweet. Princess Anne was there, the daughter of the queen. Mm. And she had her hands covering her ears and her head down towards her lap. She couldn't hack the noise. The place was just ole, ole, ole for the whole night. There was no God save the queen. Definitely not. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just absolutely rocking. Um, and what else I loved about it, I didn't realise, um, because again, the, the Olympics can be so straight-laced and whatnot, um, they let the, uh, the fighters walk out to their own music, and Katie walked out to Rihanna, <laughs> only girl in the world, and I didn't realise they are going to do that, the place was just 
flying. But it was actually a very tight fight. Mm. She halfway through, Katie was losing. She lost the first I round. That, she yeah, drew yeah. the second round. She came out swinging in the third. Um, so, and she dominated her in the third and won that one 4 1, and that kind of put the fight to bed. But it was just incredible. She won 10 8 in the end. Yeah. But uh, coming back to this point about, you know, women's sport in the Olympics, this was one of yeah. the first Olympics that really pioneered that. So you had like mm. countries like uh, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and Brunei enter female athletes for the first time. So that was the first ever time. So every single eligible country has now sent a female athlete to the Olympics. Female. And there's some great clips That's of brilliant. like a Saudi Arabia running the Saudi Arabian woman running the 800 meters, and like the whole crowd is going nuts, even though she's like well behind the rest of the yeah. field. But it's it's like a real Olympic moment. And then the other thing about the women's boxing coming in as well is you had a few stars yeah. come out that, of that. Like you had Katie Taylor, who instantly became mm. one of Ireland's top athletes. And then you had Nicola Super Adams star. as well. I think it's her name from the yeah. UK came out and yeah. she was a gold medal winner. And she kind of came out as well as like a real star. So it was... They put the sport on the map. They, and I know it's cliche, yeah. but they really did. Like they opened, I know for a lot of people, I wouldn't follow boxing too intensely, but like before Katie Taylor and before those Olympic Games, I'd never given any attention really to female boxing. But like, no, no it's phenomenal. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, she is. She'd be in my top three Irish sports people. Oh, I she's think. a killer. Like, uh, if, if you, I watched yeah. the, her most recent one in Hearns Back Garden, I think it was. She's an yeah. animal. <laughs> Do you remember that? Animal. Yeah, she was unbelievable. She's yeah. unbelievable. So I'm, I'm going to take us back to the weird sports. We're going to... Oh, archery. go for it. We're going to archery. Archery, um, Jesus, okay. Fun fact about the archery, it, was t- it took place in Lord's Cricket Ground. You know, there was that big no thing... Way. In the original London 2012 plan, they had like a, re- a lot of original venues planned and stuff, but in cost-cutting methods, yeah. they adjusted. So the Lord's Cricket Ground actually held the archery. Mm. So as you can imagine, it's very... South Koreans are very good and the Chinese are good and Japanese are good. It's very Asian-dominated sport, uh, as like okay. table tennis and badminton and all they are. So there's in the women's uh, individual, there is a kibu. Kibu Bay won gold in a single arrow shoot-off. So it was actually really exciting. So uh, it was one arrow uh, against her Mexican yeah. rival. And they both hit eight on the board. Mm. But the, slight, yeah. the Korean girls' eight was slightly closer. So she won. So and now I've never, I've never watched archery in my life, I'll be honest. Is it the highest bad. number wins? <laughs> no. uh, yeah, tens close to the middle, and then ones on the ends. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you want to be yeah. So eight was close, like, but yeah, Perfect, they, they yeah. regularly shoot like eight. the fact that it was eight in the single arrow was a shock because they usually get nine or ten. Um, okay. Yeah. Especially in the final where they're both on good form. Absolutely, they're going to be um, the best in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but in the post interview, she was like crying and like really upset, and uh, she said basically that she got lucky and that Koreans don't shoot eight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought okay. I was such like a fuck you and like you know yeah you got, yeah, I got lucky to win it. Like, Koreans don't yeah. fuck up like that uh, yeah. and then in the other in the men's individual a guy called uh, Oh Jin Haik I think it's pronounced obviously kind of screwed it up a bit but yeah. his nickname <laughs> is the soft drink pig because he's a little chubby fella and on the podium he was oh, drinking a bottle of coke uh, apparently he guzzles <laughs> soft drinks so Anyone can be an athlete. For a sponsorship. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're a South Korean archer. But yeah, the quote, Koreans don't shoot eight, uh, kind of stood out to me. Uh, Unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, uh, just like Imagine you know, one, one gold medal, Jesus. like you've achieved your dream and you're like, nah, I shot an eight. Yeah. 
No, but imagine as you're talking about the dart, like the like imagine the darts had made it to the Olympics as a sport. Like it would have been just at the Ali Pali, especially in London. Even as a yeah. one-off, it would have been incredible. There was a big push for it to be in the sport, and then obviously was there was, it? yeah, there was in like uh, I think they were going for the bidding process for Tokyo, so it was like six years ago, seven years ago. Yeah, um, and yeah, it kind of just fizzled okay. away. Um, but there was a bit of a push, and they were trying to like clean up the act a bit, and then they kind of just yeah. went off on their own way. Like, okay, we're doing well here. We don't really need the Olympics. Okay, yeah. Oh God, that's be, incredible. Would be more of a, as you say, it's quite straight line sponsors, all that sort of stuff. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Anyway, what's your next story? I've got now bring it back to kind of a less, probably the most famous sport in the world, football. And we're going to look at Mexico winning gold, which is just what I loved about this was. So Mexico never won gold in, the, in football in the Olympics, and they were up against Brazil, who we can all kind of agree probably the greatest footballing nation of all time. But up until 2012, they'd never won gold in the Olympics. It was a massive stain on them. So they were desperate to win gold. And so they faced Mexico in the final. And the Brazilians, they weren't messing around. They had some serious players. I mean, like they had Hulk, Neymar, Thiago Silva, Sandro, Oscar. What's the rules? You know, it's Rafa. Who can they bring? Yeah, there is the rules. There's only a certain amount of um, proper first team or over 23s that are allowed in the team. I'm not too sure what the so, number is. So like under 23. So like Neymar was under 23. So he's eligible. Neymar was 20 at the time. So he got in. Exactly. So, okay. and so he got in. You have to assert, I think the majority, 60 or 70% of your squad has to be under 23. But the Brazilians um, then still had a phenomenal team. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the Mexicans, what I loved about it in the final was the Brazilians heavy favourites. It was played in Wembley. Absolute heavy favourites. The Mexicans had two shots in the whole game and they scored two goals. Like <laughs> you just can't win a you can't win a final in a better form. Like just absolute shithousery. The Brazilians played really poorly. Um, Rafael da Silva, United's legendary right back. I loved Rafa. Um, he just had a dreadful game. He had a horrible pass back, which led to the um, the second Mexican goal. And Hulk scored an extra time or added time uh, to make it two one. But the Mexicans were phenomenal. I had a look up about the, um, the goal score. The f- same fella scored both their goals. Uh, now, now, give me a chance to pronounce his name again. Orbi Palatera. And I'm just amazed he never made it to Europe. He was an absolute journeyman across the South American leagues. Great goal scorer. <laughs> and he, he scored 25 goals in 67 games for Mexico. So, like, he did a serious job for them. Yeah, he, had, he so, got, got a decent amount of caps for somebody who never went to Europe. Exactly, for someone who never made it across to Europe. So... Uh, that was a pity we didn't get to see him, but I mean, he's got two goals in the Olympic final against Brazil. This um, is another... Brazilians did up... Yeah, go for it. This is another weird one about football in the Olympics. Yeah. And you talk about an Olympic yeah. sport. And, like, I don't really see it as an Olympic sport because in my mm-hmm. mind, athletics or like the archery or, you know, sports yeah. like that where this is the peak, like you peak to train here and you peak to win here. Well, yeah, fair. football is just kind of there, if you know what I mean. And it's hard to find another sport too. that is like that. And I think tennis has done a really good job of kind of the athletes really want to win there. Like you see like Murray yeah. winning, it was huge. Like Nadal winning uh, in Beijing was massive. Like, you know, they really, yeah. really do want to win. And it's the same with basketball as well. The, the Americans like, dominate it. Like, but not even that, yeah. but even is it like, is it a big deal to them? Maybe you could argue basketball with the dream team back in the day. You know, that was a big story. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't see football as like a sport. And here's another question for you. Was that Brazil team with the Brazilian FA and did they have the management team in place? 
Yes, they did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know who the manager was, but it's it's under the Brazilian FA. Okay. Yeah, they, so it's it, the Brazilian national the umbrella, team, which just added rules the about Brazilian other countries. Na- but added rules of who could be added exactly. So I remember, and as that well. is a good point that you made because the Europeans they just don't seem to take the Europe the football. Um, yeah, the Argentinians won in Beijing, and they really cared. They did. Like to go back, you got to go back to 1992 when the last European team to win it, and that was Spain in the Barcelona Olympics. But yeah. other than that, it's all South Americans and Cameroon and Nigeria have both won gold medals. Yeah, you the see, they care. They, they must. They must focus on they, it. Exactly, it's a real. It's a real target. You saw in Rio as well when the Brazilian team won. Like it was a big deal when Neymar won. Huge. Yeah. So the, the fa- like the stadium was packed. But I know, I remember actually, I think if you look back at the GB football team. Yeah, Ryan um, Giggs was on it. Yeah, Ryan Giggs was captain, I think. He was, um, I think, yeah. And they, even then, even in their home Olympics, they didn't really care. No, they didn't. Yeah, like they're like, focused they, on the other sports. Like, so huge, I don't know. It's and a I, weird, think, I, think, I think golf has the same issue with. I, I, was, I forget. Yeah, golf was even in the you know, they, they had the that a lot of pull out due, due to the Zika virus, is the quote. But I, I was, it was mainly because the FedEx Cup. It clashed with the tours. Season, yeah. Yeah, it clashed yeah. with the tours and the FedEx Cup. And yeah the uh, lead up to like the PGA championship and like people were just like that's more important there's more money at stake and mm. legacy but I think that has definitely shifted in recent years and, and leading up to Tokyo okay. I think that was that mindset had shifted after yeah. they saw how like Rose won gold and like it was a big deal and like you know it kind of it was kind of almost like proved itself so it's interesting to see how that plays out well, I think football, yeah, it just stagnates. I don't know. I agree. No, it, it and it's it, you'd even make the argument should they take it out and put in a sport that would probably benefit more from being featured in the Olympics, but they won't because of the crowds that will still the eyeballs yeah. will still want to watch the football. Like they need the sponsorship and, and whatnot. But yeah, I agree. It, it isn't the pinnacle. Like if you even, ask Mark Rashford, would you rather win a Premier League or an Olympic gold? I think he's going to say Premier League. Yeah. And cut the I trade down. Oh, hundred percent. Like yeah, it's not yeah. gonna, it's not gonna be high in their priority list. At yeah, all. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a really tricky one. And the weird thing about the Olympics as well is it really pushes female athletes up. Like the women's sports are as oh yeah as not as important as the males, and rightfully so because they're they're just as exciting. And but even yeah. in women's football, the World Cup is more important. Definitely. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and, even and the and Americans, Champions obviously League, it's like, great. Yeah. Obviously, it's great when the Americans or like whatever. There was a big actually. There, there was a really good women's football game in London 2012. The Americans and the yeah. Canadians. It was a really exciting game. Uh, but even still, it didn't really matter as much yeah. as the Women's World Cup. So it's an interesting one, and I I, I don't really see the place in it for the Olympics. No, for I don't. Me. I, like I mean, it does. Uh, take, as we said, it, it's got its place, but it's not. It's not as important. Definitely not. I agree. Yeah. And um, so, what next do you have, or do you have any other? Yeah, I, I want to talk about Wimbledon. Okay. Uh, so Wimbledon hosted the men's tennis and women's tennis. Yeah, no better place for it. For like, it I, this is my point here. So right. it hosted it like, so Wimbledon, Wimbledon's in June, July, and then the Olympics were in August. So like the courts were in Bad Nick. I remember that was a big debate. Oh. Um, okay. It was like they were, they were like, just used like grass courts. Like they, they, they don't last very long especially after yeah. use. There was another big sort of shift. So the club abandoned the policy of like only white on court. And wow. they, okay. they, you didn't have to wear a blazer if you were in certain areas. And, you know, certain club rules, country club they rules. They threw their traditions out the window a little bit. Exactly. 
and like the, the the atmosphere was more like a football match rather than like a tennis where it's more you know things so you talk about the olympics being more <laughs> straight line but it seems like for for wimbledon it was more like a party Loose. So, okay yeah but like it was really odd so like all wimbledon signage was covered up they had to like cover up the boards they had to put up like sheets because they couldn't have any women yeah. sponsors or anything um so it comes back to like a debate I, I don't really know about like I don't really I'm not sure my position of so you had Wimbledon host the tennis here but Wimbledon should have its traditions in some way it's the same like I don't know how I'd feel if the golf was at Augusta yeah or a similar way now it is it might seem silly but like for a big I'm not a big tennis fan so Wimbledon doesn't really have that pardon me but yeah, I yeah. understand why some big tennis fans were kind of like uh like did it really need to be I Wimbledon agree. yeah but obviously, with the crowds and stuff, it made sense. Like, it, for logistics, it made sense. It was the right decision to do it because you had the stadiums. You know, you had the stars coming. You, want, you didn't want them to exactly. be... You didn't need to build a big new facility when you already had Ground, the great yeah. A1. So it made sense. But I did, I did feel weird, and I was reading some opinions on it. And mm. initially, the opinions were, like, from the columns and stuff, were quite negative. They were like, oh, I don't know if they should do this, blah, blah, blah but mostly focused on the courts. But after the fact, they were like, oh, it's brilliant. It was the right thing to do. Um, so it, I don't know how I feel about it. I, if there was a golf at Augusta and stuff, I don't know how I'd feel about that in terms of... Uh, I get you, because tr- the traditions of so, so many places like Wimbledon are like so rich. And for people who are properly into tennis, like yeah. they probably shouldn't be... I mean, a lot of those rules own. are kind of stupid, uh, in my They're opinion. crazy, yeah. Yeah, like blazers <laughs> and like, you know, all that yeah. sort of stuff. The dinosaur. But then, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then again, at the same time, if you're there, you're kind of like, oh, I'm here, like, you know. Yeah, so you're yeah, like, absolutely. It's, it's kind of made itself. It's more, I find a bigger issue with it. It's more when like the local tennis club tries to do something like that. Like, come on, you're not Wimbledon. Yeah. Like, um, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, it's just some, like, Relax, it's a big thing in golf yeah. clubs where there's a load of fucking idiots in a golf club who think, you know, blazers and, t- and ties and, and, and yeah, you have to wear the correct attire and stuff. I think that's going to kill the game, but that's a whole other debate. It, uh, especially is, at younger yeah. levels like you should you should let like as a young like eight to 18 year old, you should yeah. go on the course and whatever you want you should just get more people playing the game but you know 100 at augusta you you're wearing mm. the right thing you because it's augusta so yeah i just thought it was a really interesting debate how they used wimbledon and then another big thing about it is murray won there yeah and it was like i was gonna ask i don't even know who won so murray won murray okay. won and that Virginia was a beat. big big deal I am. Um, he beat Djokovic. N- no, um, and he won Wimbledon that year as well, didn't he? He beat Federer. He fe- oh, geez, okay. Yeah, yeah, he beat Federer, and then Serena won the singles and beat Sharapova. Like it was the best players were there. But the other thing that Murray yeah. did as well, he won two medals. He won silver in the mixed doubles with Laura Robson, um, mm. and then Serena and Venus won the doubles. So you know, people were pulling out all these stops that they normally wouldn't do. Like there's no way. Murray in his prime wow. or Serena in her prime are fucking around with doubles, you know, at Wimbledon. I think that was the first time there was mixed doubles at the Olympics as well. Um, I might be wrong, but I think it might have been another useless fact. <laughs> um, the Olympics is great for them, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the best. But the big thing as well is Nadal actually yeah. with, withdrew. And he was like really, really upset oh. about it uh, because he won in Beijing and he was really wanted to defend it. And he was super upset. He had to get 10 titles. And you are right. It was the first time mixed doubles was included since 1924. Go. Again, another show for the women there. They got them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was, yeah, I just, it's a, using the venues and using Wimbledon was just mm. bizarre. Um, 
like in a way that it worked out so well, but it was a bit of a risk. So it was, but it did work so well. And there, I think in many ways they were correct to kind of take the risk. But I, I get you, there is the, there's certain traditions that kind of make it tricky. And um, yeah, that's mad. I'd love to go someday. Yeah, yeah um, it's really hard. It's really hard to go. It's like it's a lottery. Really hard. Yeah, it costs yeah. a fortune as well, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah really yeah. difficult. Yeah. Um, someday. Can I bring it down a bit more of a darker route, right? So we've got the London 2012 games. They're exciting. They're brilliant. And at the time, the British government and the IOC claimed they'd be the cleanest games of all time. It was a big mantra. British government, went, that, yeah. It was a massive mantra. It was going to be the cleanest games of all time. They got GlaxoSmithKline, the major US pharma company, to oversee their doping policy. And they were taking no mess. And GlaxoSmithKline came out and said, if someone's cheating, they'll catch them. There's no question. And by the end of the games, it did actually seem like they were the cleanest ever. Only nine, they, they tested, sorry, they did 6,250 tests which was about half of all athletes got tested, which is really high for the Olympics. In comparison, for example, in Rio in 2016, they only did 28% of athletes. So God knows what they got away with there. Yeah. Um, but they only caught nine people by the end of the games. But there was a really important point that was done by WADA, who are the World Anti-Doping Agency, that in 2015, they introduced, or I think it was even before that, sorry, no, it was before that, in 2010, they introduced that samples could be stored for eight years after the games. So this is the first time ever. And then it got extended to 10 years in 2015. So up until, because of that rule and new tests and new technology, they were able to test so many more athletes after the fact. And as of today, as of last year, sorry, in 2020, there's now been 132 athletes who've had their medals or have been found to be doping from the London 2012 games. So it went from, that's more than double. How many were and exactly, here's the key thing. 46 of them were Russian. And that brings us to, I think, the real star of the 2012 games, which was Grigory Rodzigenko. So he's the head of the Russian anti-doping agency. And what he did was he masterminded a complete state-sponsored um, doping program, which had the Russian team almost invincible in so many sports. They, I think they finished in the top five in the medal count. Yeah, um, they did in their games. Four. Yeah, they were fourth. Fourth, exactly. But then it turned out that they found 46 of them were doping. So I don't know if you've seen the film Icarus. Mm. Anyone listening who hasn't seen it, give it two hours of your time on Netflix. It's absolutely phenomenal. But it's all about Grigory. And what he did was, and what's interesting about him is not only did he, is he the mastermind behind the doping, but he also invented the test that caught all the dopers. So it was total self-sabotage. He invented the test, which was then used to catch all because he invented an amazing cocktail. I don't even know the name of the steroids, but there was three steroids and they consumed them with vodka because it made it go into their blood faster. And it was phenomenal. <laughs> it's just the scale of the cheating. And it, it yeah. drifts away from 2012 because they brought it up another level when it went to Sochi for the winter games in 2014. Oh, yeah. That's how it got them world. out. Like, yeah. It got them ruined. Yeah, it destroyed them. Like they're, they're like the whole system was uh, a lie. The whole, all their, all their athletes were cheating. Yeah. So, yeah, it was incredible. So, go on. Uh, yeah, there's a thing there as well, the big debate that everyone sort of knew the Russians, even back in the USSR days. Yeah. They were riddles, like, so, like, mm. is it part of the Olympics that the Russians are juiced up the fuck? Like, ah, maybe. Yeah, and then you just let them, I know. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter, like, you know. Every, everything needs a villain. Everything yeah, needs a villain. exactly. Like, for, like, exactly. it was seen, like, they, they were getting booed more than any other nation, and, like, there yeah. is that still amazing rivalry between 
the United States and Russia. It's probably and, China now, though. And now it's China. Exactly, I was about to say China is now in the mix and kind of overtaking the Russians. Love but the Olympics, like they just they love it. Medals and that's there's no way Olympics. that they aren't doping. There's no oh, way. That I, I don't know. Doping. I don't know because you could probably say that about the states as well. Like you, you, oh, the states as well. No, you, I, I honestly, I was about to just say because they, they, there's no way all of them aren't in some way. When I look it, at the list here, I've got the list of who was out of li- in 2012. Only one Chinese athlete failed, and two American athletes failed. So compared to the 46 Russians, better cocktails. I think that's way. Yeah, there's no, there's not with their, with their steroid cocktails. Exactly. But there's Um, no way that they're that clean. Yeah. And that's actually an interesting point. Because I had a quick look at the weightlifting. There was actually quite a few storylines about it. Oh, yeah. And um, 44 records were broken across all weightlifting disciplines in London 2012. Whoa. In 2012. Yeah. Just in 2012, 44 weightlifting things that's crazy yeah so you can you can draw from that but let's go back to more positive stories and let's just talk about the sports we didn't quite touch on and sports that like sometimes get lost in the shuffle and i think are great so firstly diving okay good point diving what a sport right yeah and there was an unbelievable skill it's insane it's one of the most impressive things like these dudes are like and ladies are just ripped to fuck and they just do these in like the speeds they go at like they hit the water at like 40 kilometers an hour 40 miles per hour like that is mental yeah. um, I know. so you know in, within the diving it's obviously dominated again similar to the gymnastics but it's definitely one of the core yeah, Olympic yeah. sports in my opinion uh, the Chinese dominated and do you know it. what I like about it do you know what I like about it even as we're moving off the topic of uh, drug doping I feel like it's now, this might be my naivety knowing nothing about diving as a sport, but I feel like, can you dope in diving? Like, ah, you could get in uh, better shape. And they you could enhance, be leaner. They can get in better shape, maybe. You get like, leaner. You could recover faster. Yeah, maybe if they can lose a bit yeah. more weight. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say. I wonder yeah, how yeah. much of an advantage they can get. Yeah. And then that leads handily into swimming. And like, swimming is up there yeah. with the athletics as like, it's one and two. Oh, for you, really? Yeah. I think so. I think swimming is up there with like if you're watching the olympics i immediately think of the swimming and the athletics you do they're, they're, they'd be the most famous yeah it's always out of the way first though swimming's always up and done yeah they get they have four gold medal races like back to back to back to back for like a week yeah. and you know it's it's definitely done that way on purpose because the athletics have the gold medals after the swimming so like there's like you have the yeah, swimming and the, there's the the afterburn yeah well i think the swimming is insane some of the events that they do i think are really cool like you have like you know the medleys and like the just the, the, the best yeah. one for me is just the 50 meter sprint where they just dive in and just go as fast as they can and like and that's it because i mean it is a real visual thing like because the pool is just going crazy yeah it's just what i love the energy off it is unbelievable what i love about the swimming as well and i love about a lot of Olympic sports is there's just certain disciplines that you spoke about earlier about the jamaicans dominating sprinting the brazilians yeah. dominate short distance sprint swimming do they? Yeah, the Brazilians are unbelievable at like 50 meters. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, weird, like, isn't it? it just, I just, I, I picked up on that and I was like, yeah, if you look at the final for the 50 meters sprinting in swimming, there's like three Brazilians in it. Um, Brazilians. Yeah, and then you have Phelps okay. and then you had like Missy Franklin and you have all these stories that come out of swimming. And it, in yeah. my opinion, it probably goes swimming and athletics, one, two, and then probably down to like gymnastics. Um, gymnastics is so impressive based on what they can do I saw a little um, clip on Twitter the other day of the 
was it the 2016 gold medal winner of gymnastics in one of the events compared to the 1932. And what they're doing now compared to then is just out of this world. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's mental. But And then we'll yeah. stick in the pool, sorry, fun, off topic. Water yeah, polo, Olympic sport. Yeah. Like, could you guess the team that won the 2012 water polo gold, men's and women's? I'm going to, it's probably Eastern European. Are they hung, hungry? It's close. Croatia no. won the men's. Um, okay, I knew it would be someone out there, yeah. And who won the women's? Oh, the women's. I'm going to go for a European again. I'll go for Portugal. No, nah, States. No? But yeah, that's America, these weird okay. sports. Yeah, it's like you never want to think about it again. It's like the pinnacle. And um, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's, it's a weird one. Um, it is one. And it's a very aggressive sport. Mm, really aggressive. Oh, mental, compared to them, mental. And you'd imagine like elbows and digs flying everywhere. But yeah, here's, let's go crack that one. here's the next one. One of the stars of the 2012 Olympics, one that GB really okay. hung their hat on was the cycling. Uh, you know, yeah, with the in the velodrome, like they cleaned up, they had like Laura Trot, uh, Chris Hoy, Bradley like, Wiggins. Was he outdoor cycling though? Wasn't yeah, he? he was outdoor, uh, and they just cleaned up like they 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 dominated. Um, and that was one of the real stars, like you know, the BBC, like because that's real. RTE's coverage of the Olympics is, isn't great, so you, you ever, it's not, no, it's not. everyone watches BBC, like so they do, yeah, yeah, no so. <laughs> the cycling was always on show there and it's actually crazy um the sport like they're just bombing around this velodrome like and it's, there's they so do. much strategy the, involved the speeds they go is outrageous yeah the bikes the are but you rarely see them crash which is incredible as yeah well. which is mental so, they go so the close intensity of they go so close exactly and you rarely see it like i mean um the skill but, is unbelievable the, yeah, it's the Brits G- do dominate that. Yeah, that's G- the GB team GB and in their strategy just went all in on it and it worked because they got yeah. so many goals. I think they won like eight goals. Chris Hoy, yeah, 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 yeah. And then on those sports, you had like the equestrian, which nobody watches, and the no. fencing. I even <laughs> forgot that's an Olympic sport, nothing happened there except for the Damn. Italians dominating it. The synchronized swimming, no, that's a random one. Yeah, that no is one a random one. Uh, no, no, you have the no one, yeah. Here's a great one. Field hockey. What? That's a that Olympics. Never, never watch it. The Olympics is the pinnacle of it, and it's fantastic. Oh, and here's yeah. Another sport that GB went all in on. You know, you saw in Rio yeah. that all those uh, women from the team were like yeah. automatic stars in England. Like Sam Quek is a big star now, and she was like on that team. But there's a really like field hockey is a mental sport because one of the GB girls in London broke her jaw and played like three days later or something crazy oh shit and kept going okay. kept going like it's a it, but the field hockey has definitely cemented itself as like a legit like olympic is the pinnacle we want to win the olympics sport yeah and you saw That's that like with the irish teams as well like they're all about olympic qualification it's all about completely oh no yeah. it is and like i mean it is the pinnacle but when we speak about uh, actually when we're doing a bit of trivia there when we're talking about domination as we said like the Chinese dominate certain sports and the Americans so many of them. Do you know, can you name, there's five sports that the United States has never won a medal, medal in. Never in its history. Can you name any of them? Okay, so it's not swimming. It's not, it's not any of the main sports. No, they've not won boxing. the main. Guys. Definitely not basketball. It might be badminton, but uh, don't hold me to that. Very good guess. That's They've never won a badminton medal. Yeah, I definitely had one cyclist or something who came in somewhere. Um, they dominate gymnastics. They dominate women's football, so they definitely won medal there. Um, 
Yeah, you see, they always pick up one and thing. I'd say handball. They've never won anything. Correct. They've never yeah, won. They, they don't even know what handball is. I'd say no. I don't think um, that's going to be too popular in the states. Table tennis. There's an obvious one because of how exactly table tennis because the Chinese are just so and overly dominant. That's three. So there's five. Is there? Yeah, there's five. Now you're. I don't think you're going to get the last two because you've made one comment already that kind of slides yeah. you away from the cycling. No, no, they've they've won on cycling. Yeah. Um, two of the you it, it mightn't be it's two of the gymnastics disciplines. Oh, okay. So they've fair never enough. won in rhythmic gymnastics or the trampoline. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. They're not yeah, that's they won. Yeah, you're not they're they're, the they're subsets. Yeah. You got the three, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You got them. Coming back to handball, yeah, but that's another them. weird sport that nobody really watches, weird but it's sport, really man. cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't even say I can't ever watch the game. It's like, now. it's like, it's you got to, do you ever play it in school? Like, I know, I know, I know. It's a little tiny, like size three football. Yeah, yeah. and you just lash it. And it's, it's it's pretty cool if you watch some of the best clips. But here's another one I want to point out before we before we wrap it up is the yeah, combat sports, like the taekwondo, the oh, judo, the wrestling. Uh, they're really cool to watch because... No, no, I've been black belt in taekwondo. There's a little personal trivia. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So like they're they're really uh, cool to watch. So they're phenomenal. They're really really cool. But it's and the fact what I like about the boxing is as well that it's strictly amateur. Strictly amateur. That's so, what I, yeah. So and that's kind of, brilliant. Like, like really that link force it between the yeah. old Olympics and new Olympics, where absolutely yeah. You have like the OGs like Greco Roman wrestling and you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And then and, you'd wonder even when we were bringing it back to the football, is there an argument? Imagine they made that strictly amateur. That would be like. Oh. So much more available. You want you want the superstar names, of course, but like if imagine it was just eleven lads. But who's yeah? Who is an amateur winning, team? Like it's it's who's I uh, know that's then you've got to find and you have your national trials trying to find the best uh, amateur uh, football. Yeah, like, maybe I think they like, should just get it. Might be exciting. It might be exciting. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. You can't get rid of football and keep synchronized swimming. I'm just not having it. Yeah, but no, no that's cool. That's a good point, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then let's just like wrap up post Olympics. How yeah. do you think the British people took it? Um, I don't know if they took it as well as was planned because the whole idea, like I remember them speaking about, or the government's whole ploffer was it was going to bring back, bring bring back grassroots um, sports and get people more involved, and I don't know how much it did that. And it was very mm. London centric as well. Like it kind of ignored the yeah. rest of the country, you know. Um, mm. So I don't know how well it worked for them in that sense. And then it ended up being the dirtiest Olympics ever. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know if they can say that's that's their fault though. Um, not necessarily, but yeah. I, I don't know. If you're holding party, it's kind of up to you to kind of keep it under control. But, exactly, um, exactly. But I don't know. I think this Olympics. Uh, mm was probably I think the Olympics should be held in places like London in Tokyo over yeah, Paris places like yeah, Rio yeah. where you even saw from the World Cup how much of those stadiums are just rotting now or you know how much yeah or how much the economy is struggling where like the likes of London, Tokyo, Paris, they can afford it, um, Russia, I, they can afford it. I know there's yeah. the whole outreach thing, but it's so expensive. Like what? You know, so yeah. It's it's it, no it, I, I get what you're saying. It is it's a massive strain and maybe there should be more support for countries who are going to host them um, because all of the weight gets put on the host country mm. um, the whole entirety of it. So if 
there is a way of forcing sponsors kind of to play their hand and help a little bit more. If lesser developed places are hosting it, then that, that should be looked into. But yeah, no, it is. It's it's difficult. Next is Tokyo, and then it's in Paris, is it? Yeah. 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 Tokyo. We'll have a French podcast on a Paris. in Tokyo. Stay in Tokyo. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. And we're not scared of the Winter Absolutely. Olympics as well. We aren't scared. We are. No, no. Okay. Yeah, uh, we will <laughs> break down the curling. Like we will, we will show you. The, yeah, we're gonna chop up curling. Show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we could just do the <laughs> curling podcast. We don't even need to do the Olympics. Oh no! Absolutely. Bob How many Sayers. curling podcasts? There's probably loads. There's probably like ten, like different curling podcasts. There's gonna be one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. One of those niche things that has way too much than it needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't need us taking out. Anyway, thank you, Sean. Thank you, Harry. That was a good crack. Yeah. Until next time.